What is up, guys? I haven't felt this good in a while as a Raptors fan. Even though they're only 2-6, and six, tonight we saw a lot of promising things come out of this game. And for the Toronto Raptors, it was a really, really solid win, especially after the way that it started. And so let's dive into what we saw today, some big takeaways. And let's specifically start with the first quarter because 12 minutes in, I thought the game was over and I was very frustrated with what I saw from the Toronto Raptors. They let in 43 points and they looked like a team that didn't know what ball movement even was. I feel like they had zero assists in that first quarter. Their offense was very stagnant, especially in the middle of that quarter. It just felt like the longest quarter for the Raptors and it was turnover after turnover leading to fast break buckets. And on the other end, they shot 6 of 9 from 3 and literally couldn't miss. It actually ended up being 5 of 8 from 3 because a Tyrese Halliburton 3, that would have been a 46-point quarter, ended up having his foot on the line. And so for Toronto, after that first quarter, they really had to come out aggressive. And the bench unit really came through for Toronto, specifically Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis coming out there right off the bat. In that second quarter specifically, they turned it around, and they had an all-around great offensive game. Both of those guys specifically. Terrence Davis had 18 points. Chris Boucher shot 75% and had over 20 points on the night. He's proven that Toronto's best option, especially against a team like Sacramento, who doesn't really have a traditional big who can bump bodies down low, like Rashawn Holmes and Bagley are more traditional, modern big slash rim runners. And as a result, Toronto can leverage the small ball lineup more often, and it proved to be very effective. I think a lot of Raptor fans felt this way, especially me. I knew that that Boucher was the solution for Toronto's issues. Not playing Aaron Baines was a really good decision by Nick Nurse to kind of switch it up. And Alex Len in limited minutes, I think he only ended up playing somewhere near a dozen minutes. Um, I think it was also minus 12 on the night. So not very effective minutes for him. He seemed like a big stiff out there. And in the pick and roll, they really struggled, Toronto did, when Len was out there because it would lead to dribble penetration from Fox, who's one of the fastest players in the NBA, which he would then swing it to a guy like Tyrese Halliburton or Buddy Heald, or Marvin Bagley, which would lead to an open jumper, and they were hitting everything. So Nick Nurse instantly adjusted, put Boucher out there, and then we saw Toronto's offense start to click in a really, really fun and exciting way that sort of reminded me of last year's team. Just that free-flowing offense, a lot of ball movement. Toronto ended up having 30 assists on the night, which was really, really solid, considering they've struggled in that area this season. And I think a lot of it's to do with the secondary ball handling of the Toronto Raptors, which is, you know, when a guy like Fred Van Vliet goes out of the game, you can put in Terrence Davis or Malachi Flynn, and they can sort of facilitate the offense, get the ball moving. And a guy like Terrence Davis with his athleticism can cut off ball, look for open lanes, and thrive on the three-point shot, which he really was dependent on today. So all around, it was a great offensive game for the Toronto Raptors. And I think the big thing to mention is that the bench really came through. They had over 40 points on the night, which 
I believe is a season high. And I think one person I've also got to give a lot of credit to, especially at the beginning of that fourth quarter, is Malachi Flynn. My man, the Rook. First career bucket. He ended up having something like 12 points on the night. He had a really solid game overall for Toronto. And I really thought that in that fourth quarter is when we saw him take over. It was still a close-ish game at that point, something in the range of 10 to 12 points, I want to say, and potentially even closer. But Flynn and Terrence Davis were just hitting their shots, taking control of the offense, and making the right basketball play, which led to easy buckets. And on the other end, there's a lot of defensive intensity from those two guys as well as Watanabe, who I think is a really solid rotational piece. A lefty, you know, three-point shooter. His defense is mediocre at best, but I think that his ability to stretch the floor as a taller guy and potentially also grab some boards makes him really valuable when you look at Toronto's roster as a guy who can play the four for them and stretch it out a little bit. One thing I want to continue to see from Toronto is more Terrence Davis all the time. He's one of my favorite Raptors. And despite all the -the off-the-court stuff, which is still kind of confusing, don't really know what's happening there, to be honest. I really like the way he played today. He was aggressive, looking for a shot. And every time he had the ball, you thought he was going to take a shot. And every time he took a shot, it felt like it went in. Especially the three ball was really cooking today. And I like what Nick Nurse did today. He decided to listen to the critics, play a lot of Boucher, play his young guys, and sit Baines, which was a really good decision. I think another thing that's important to note is that Toronto's offense was at an all-time high for the season. They shot over 50% from three, which is an unsustainably high percentage. And they also attacked the paint scoring over 60 points in the paint by the end of the game, which once again is unsustainable for a Toronto team that is seems to be heavily dependent on high-volume three-point shooting. Even though I want to see them transition away from that, I think it's something that they still seem to rely on when the games get tight. Luckily, they're playing a Sacramento team whose defense isn't the greatest, so they're really getting everything they wanted on that end. For Toronto, it felt like down the stretch it was open three after open three and if they drove to the lane there wasn't a lot of rim protection there as a result Toronto was willing to get everything they wanted and that's what you have to do in these games you got to take care of business get your guys some time to rest especially a guy like Van Vliet who dropped 34 shout out to Van Vliet he was shooting everything and he looked amazing tonight you need to give these guys some rest and that's my next point is that Fred Van Vliet an absolute god 34 points 7 assists 12 of 20 something shooting i think it was just over 50 percent that's just amazing you love to see it there's still some inconsistency from him but i think that if you get this kind of performance out of him and siakam too who had 17 points 11 assists and nine boards then you're going to be looking at getting a lot of wins especially when lowry's back in the lineup I also think that Norman Powell played really good too. I think he shot 6 of 8 from the field or something of that level. And he looked really, really solid out there. Very comfortable. He was shooting the 3. 
And I don't know if this was a methodical move by Nick Nurse to keep Lowry out of the lineup, or it was actually a personal reason, which it could be either way. But in my mind, it was a strategic move by Nick Nurse to throw Norman Powell in the starting lineup. And this kind of gives him a confidence booster by saying, hey, we trust you to run the offense a little bit as a secondary or maybe even tertiary ball handler playmaker and also to attack the basket and look for your shot and he really did hit the three ball really well he looked very comfortable smooth as he always does and this is the power that we should be seeing on the season he had a career year last year he dropped over 16 points per game he was looking like a six man of the year candidate he ended up not even be able to qualify because he ended up starting more games than he came off the bench for but you know what i mean he's just instant offense when he's on the court and so far this season, he hasn't been that. He's actually been the opposite. He's averaging like 30% from the field on terrible shooting splits. And as a result, Toronto has struggled. And sometimes they ebb and flow with the way that these role guys are playing, like Norman Powell and Pascal Siakam, obviously not a role player. But, you know, these are the kind of players that Toronto is very dependent on to show some consistency. And when they have an off night, it makes it tough to win. I guess the big question that a lot of Raptor fans are wondering is like, what does Lowry sitting out of the game really mean? Why does he miss that game? And for me, I say just don't overthink it. Don't look too in-depth into potential reasons why he may or may not have missed the game. The end of the day, I think it was personal and that something did come up for him and I hope everything's okay. I love Lowry. I don't want anything bad to happen to him or his family or anything like that. But Raptor fans, you guys kind of can push the limit by suggesting that these are <laughs> like random ass things like this are causation for a trade or suggest that a trade's going to happen. Lowry's not going to get traded. But if he does, let's just say for the sake of argument he does, we wouldn't know about it until he, the trigger is pulled. And that's because this isn't going to be an Anthony Davis situation where you're visibly angry and your agent releases a statement saying that he wants to leave. Lowry's got a lot more pedigree and respect amongst the Toronto Raptors. And as a veteran, if he wants to move on, you just got to accept it. And if that's the case, I'm fine with that too. I liked watching this young team roll. And it was nice having more opportunity for the young guys to play. So if Lowry does want to leave... That would be interesting. And I actually had this speculation about this as well. When you think about the way they drafted this year, in the first round they took Malachi Flynn, a guard, specifically a point guard at his size. And I think isn't the other guard's name is Jalen Ramsey. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Uh, another guard, I think he's closer to six foot seven. Another score first point guard, just like Malachi Flynn. Like, why do you think they're drafting these kinds of players? At the time, they didn't know that Fred VanVleet was re-signing. But also, they weren't really sure if Kyle Lowry is a long-term player here. In fact, they know he's not, considering he's 34 years old and potentially could be playing in his last season in the NBA. People don't be, seem to forget this, but just because Lowry's aging like a fine wine doesn't mean he's not aging. He's still coming towards those twilight years of his career, and perhaps he wants to tack on another championship. And if that's the case, Toronto should look to to deal him at the trade deadline potentially and let him go somewhere to compete 
or let him go somewhere in free agency next season. And if he decides to retire, that would be totally understandable as well. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't worry about this situation being an indicator for any kind of trade. I could be wrong, but in my mind, it would be closer to the deadline. I don't think people would press the panic button in the front office just yet and start searching. When the market comes around near the trade deadline, people are going to be reaching out to Toronto, specifically if they have a bad record, and be looking to get a guy like Kyle Lowry or maybe even a veteran like Aaron Bainstad to their roster. Despite how bad he's played this year so far, I think he still could provide some value to some of these teams that need a big man who can stretch the floor. Toronto blew up in this game. You could hear the players reacting, hyping them up. This is just what we expected from Toronto, and this was awesome to hear. really hyped me up as a fan. Having no fans in arenas has been tough enough as it is. Toronto similarly is on the road all the time. So just hearing the players react to Malachi Flynn hitting a big three or Terrence Davis throwing down a dunk or getting to the lane with a layup, there's a few plays in that early fourth quarter that really set this game apart and ended up leading to Toronto blowing it out of the water and really taking over this game. That's it that I have on this game. The Raptors now move to 2-6. and six. I think they play a back-to-back Sunday-Monday with Golden State on the Sunday. And then on the Monday, they play Portland. So not an easy schedule coming up for Toronto. They're going to continue to struggle. And if Lowry's out of the lineup, oh man, it's going to be very difficult for Toronto down the stretch here. And at 2-6, and six, it feels like you can't really afford to lose both of these games. If you end up Monday, January 11th, let's say, the end of that day being down to 2-8 and eight in a 72-game season, that's tough. So Toronto's got to look to really rest up Van Vliet, Siakam, and those boys and really get them ready for Sunday because I think that's a must-win game for Toronto as well to really solidify themselves as, hey, we're still really good, right? Prove them wrong. Thanks again, guys, for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You'll get updates of when I post new content right away, even though I throw it on Instagram. Give this a five-star review because why not? Support Support the homie. I answer all the DMs. DM me anytime on Instagram. I'll catch you on the next one.